Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Vicky Lantier, aka the founder of Girl Gun Good, is a storyteller adventurer and 14-year military veteran. She works as an IT consultant by day, completed an honors Bachelor of Science in Nursing, and runs Girl Gone Good in her spare time. Girl Gone Good is a main resource for trails, trail safety, and inspiration for those who explore in eastern Ontario and Quebec. As a frequent wanderer and avid day hiker with over 20 years experience, Vicky's resources are meant for you to experience the benefits of nature to its fullest while engaging in safe and responsible recreation. Love this girl and everything she has created. Please welcome my friend Vicky, aka Girl Gone Good. Welcome to the podcast, Vicky Lantier, Girl Gone Good. You're the founder, the CEO, the person who runs the entire thing. And we're going to talk about what Girl Gone Good is. How are you? I'm good. No pun intended. I feel like it was intended, actually. We've known each other for a few years, but I would like to put you on this nature pedestal and say that you've become the resource for trails, trail safety, environmental protection for Eastern Ontario. And I can see your face right now and you're, I don't know if you're going to take it, but I'm going to put you there. What are some of the main pieces that have led to the success of Girl Gone Good? And also for anyone listening, like what is Girl Gone Good? Yeah. So it's, it's funny. So it's the most ridiculous name in the world, but really Girl Gone Good is about doing good and community. It's very community focused. What it is, what it actually is, is a hiking resource website. And on there, you could find everything from like packing lists to gear suggestions, to safe solo hiking tips, to leave no trace, to trail reports, everything you kind of need to get outdoors in the area. And what are some of, again, I'm going to ask the question again, the main pieces that have led to the success of Girl Gone Good? Like, where did it start? And anyone who hikes in Eastern Ontario knows exactly who you are. Anyone who wants to explore the area knows exactly, like your website pops up right away. Your your SEO is fantastic. <laughs> so. I'll tell the web developer that. It's so funny because I, I do like hiding behind the website. So it's a little uncomfortable. But yes, some people are starting to say hi, which I love on the trails. They'll be like, gone girl, gone girl. Yes, you, hi, which is a lot, a lot of fun. It's not what it started out as. So it actually started out as a blog and mostly on my travels and health. But I was always going outdoors. And what I ended up needing was, or what I found happened was that I was repeating all these wonderful spots in Southeastern Ontario to my friends, where to go with your children on the weekend, where to take your family hiking, where to take your best friends to go see a waterfall. And I found that I was repeating myself over and over because I'm a frequent wanderer, not realizing that everyone else wasn't a frequent wanderer. And people in our Ottawa area tend to like their same spots, whereas when I go on country drives on the weekend, I'm like, hey, I don't know that road and I'll turn down it. So it was really a way to like share those things without repeating myself as often. And then I decided, well, maybe I'm just going to make a PDF of all the trails within two hours of Ottawa. That's not a large undertaking or anything. That's fine. Okay. I know, but it really was a whim. It really was a whim. I'm like, there's going to be one-stop shop. It'll be useful for my friends. It'll be great. And I think the the original one had, I think, like 130 trails on it. Great with all the information. So I go around and I, I made this list and I put it on the website, beautiful PDF. And within 48 hours, there was thousands of downloads. And that shocked me. 
And then I quickly pulled it off the website. And I was like, I think I could do something with this. And it wasn't like, I have a day job. I don't need another day job. But I've always had the dream of being like giving back to community and philanthropy. And I was like, maybe this is my avenue. Maybe this is the avenue that I could use where not only am I sharing trails with everyone, but maybe this is the avenue that I could use to actually give back to our community. So I pulled it off. I created a book. And now I donate 100% of the proceeds or the net proceeds to conservation and mental health. And that's really, in a nutshell, what it's all about. It's helping everyone get outside and find new trails, but it's really helping me stay connected and give back to the community and just feel good about something. Yeah, that's so selfish of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're like, I made this massive PDF with hundreds of trails and it actually is just really nice. It's really nice. And I give all this money to the community and trail and it just really feels nice for me. That's beautiful. That's such a wonderful, that's such a cool way of filling your heart, right? I found that's what I was missing in life. Like I was missing that community and connection. And I, I don't know what it is about as we get older, we tend to become more values-based. You want that thing to feel good about. So that's, that's what this turned into. Where did your curiosity come from? The, you say, you know, you turn down this, this road, you discover a new trail. And, you know, looking at your resources, there's just so many trails that people have no idea how many there there are and whether you're listening in Ontario or you're listening in BC or in South Dakota, right? There's so much opportunity in nature. There really is. And I think this all comes down to my family. Like, that's just what we did on weekends with mom. And I still do that with my mother. She'll say, do you want to go to coffee in a text? And I know, I know to pack snacks and a water bottle and some extra clothes maybe because we're either coming back eight hours later or we're coming back the next day. And that's just very typical of how my mom and I hang out. And we just wander the countryside and it works for us. I didn't realize that's not what everybody does. (laughs) No, it's not. So what we ended up with is all this knowledge on the counties and the trails and the roads. And I, I just didn't realize it wasn't common knowledge And what I quickly realized is that there's not one place to find all this knowledge because all the trails are managed by different people, different levels of government, different land trusts. You're someone that I call a high achiever and you're talking about supporting mental health, but you're a military vet, an IT consultant. You got your bachelor's of science in nursing a couple of years ago. How has nature played into balance for you? Like what part does it play in your life? Clearly it's been, you know, a very long time that you, you've been wandering, but how big of a piece of it is it in your life? I think it's the main piece. A lot of people will say going out into nature is their church or they will call it their therapy, grounding, whatever you want to call it. It's just a constant and we need nature more than she needs us, I think. What do you mean by that? I think the health benefits of immersing in nature, the mental health benefits, that balance of today's very busy, very online world to actually go out and have quiet and be grounded and be in nature. I think that benefits us exponentially, especially in the last few years. You and I have had this conversation multiple times about how there, and and I definitely have, I have it, but I've been a lot more mindful of it since you and I chatted about when you go and wander and you go on hiking and you go out adventuring, there's almost like this need for like this epic reveal or like lookout. And something that we've talked about is that you just love like the journey, right? You just love the journey because sometimes you're not guaranteed that lookout. Sometimes you're not guaranteed that you're even going to make it there, right? 
So that is such a big piece of it, right? Is you're like, I just like being on the trail and like discovering the trees and the nature and the moss and the animals. And that's such a big part of it for you, right? It is. And it's trying to get other people to slow down and be curious enough so that they have the same enjoyment out of any trail. So right now it's like, I want to bridge the gap between everybody's need to be outside and how to do so safely and responsibly, but also how to slow down and actually be curious. Because as soon as you're curious, if you stop enough any trail, I don't care how quote unquote boring the trail is. If you stop for a minute and you observe the flora, the fauna, the sky, the trail, like what what kind of land are we on? We've got some really cool ground here in the valley, you know, like we're exactly where the limestone meets the Canadian Shield and that makes for some great rugged trails or we have some really cool species at risk to observe. But as soon as you take the time to be curious enough and start looking these things up and start knowing what to look for, then it's almost like nature becomes alive. So instead of always searching for the epic vista view or the waterfalls, which are also really, really cool. Waterfalls are epic. What are you talking? Yeah, like. Yeah, no. And I'm, I'm all for them as well. I just want it to be, it's not an either or, it's a both end. I want people to enjoy the actual hike and get their big views as well. Because what I'm finding is we're so used to, I feel like it's almost gamified, right? When you do the hiking challenges, when you only go and rush for your peak and you need that Strava time and... It's a payoff, right? It's like that like big payoff. It is. It's that quick fix in a society that is already full of like instant gratifications. We're very much Ottawa and Ottawa Valley. We're very much like that quote unquote triathlon group, right? We like everything timed and we like the big achievements and we will like competition and challenges. But where are we balancing that life out in order to restore ourselves and our well-being? What are some, I call them nature features that always draws your attention. Like I'm a huge moss fan. Love a big, like I love a good patch of moss. So I went to France a few weeks ago and I actually got made fun of from the people I was there with for going out on hikes. Well, first of all, everybody else was skiing. I was the only one hiking. And I actually got made fun of for taking pictures of rocks and moss. (laughs) By like other travelers or like locals? No, by by the group that I went with. They're like, what are you doing? Like, don't you want to go up to the Alpine and see the big... Yeah, I'll go up to the Alpine too. But I really think this moth over here and this really cool mushroom is kind of neat. <laughs> I've never seen this before. I'm on a different continent. Yeah, right? I love a good trail that is quiet enough that you can hear nature. So to me, that's a, a good feature of a trail. Or a trail that is actually boring enough that I get bored so that I listen more and I'm not distracted by the, the bigger features. I find that most beneficial. I want to talk about trail safety, helping keep our trails clean, nature protected. What are some key points from what you've learned that you can share? You have so much verbiage on your website, but what are some things, especially for women and women who like to travel alone and and explore alone? Yeah. So there's some really good resources on the website for sure. Like I have the article on safe solo hiking and hiking with dogs and what gear to pack and packing lists. So that's already there. Also, what to consider teaching your kids in nature. So (laughs) I could expand for hours, but... If I'm going to simplify things, it would be to always pack the 10 essentials. What we don't realize is that not all trails are created equal. So you're not always going to have cell reception. You're not 
always going to have access to the trailheads. Some roads are dirt roads to the trailheads and that surprises people sometimes. So the 10 essentials, especially if you have no cell reception, which is critical. And an easy thing is to bring a a garbage bag. I love how much our community and you're part of it, like how our outdoor community, especially in the last two years, have really grown to enjoy quote unquote plogging and made it popular and made it trendy, which just fills my heart. Why, Why wouldn't you bring a garbage bag and just pick up on your return hike? That's it. That's easy. Can you explain what plogging is? It's a trash pickup as you're hiking. What a nice way of putting it, right? It's plogging. It makes it sound like super fun. <laughs> it just makes it sound trendier and more fun. But it's, that is an easy action. And it's also what I love about it is if you put it on social media, then it's an easy to influence action. So it has a big positive impact. But as you're spreading it on social media, it's easy to influence others with it. And then it's just a fantastic way. Another thing I'd say is like women hiking alone. One of the things we see on the trail the most is toilet paper. I don't know why. And I know the big offender would be women on the trail. So there's always like, I always bring a toilet kit with me and extra bags and extra stuff. And it just lessens the impact on the trail systems. If we want to talk safety, there's so much to go in there. Like between carrying the 10 essentials, telling someone where you're going, always hike the trail during the day first, if you're going to go do a sunrise or sunset hike. What else can I say? I've caught up to other hikers in order to feel safe on the trail. Telling someone where you're going. Yeah. Tell someone where you're going and when you're going to be back. All those things. Carrying first aid, knowing how to use it. It's kind of wild that, you know, it's kind of second nature to us now to, you know, be extra safe. But I think it's a very important, I'd rather inform people of it than them just like wander and get lost and be like, no one warned me. No one like. Well, I think the big shocker is we're so used to these beautiful, and I'll give an example, either Pero Utoe or NCC have beautifully, wonderfully marked trails and they're very clearly marked. So we're used to those trails. We're used to the more of those inner city, inner town trails, and we're not used to dirt roads multiple offshoot of trails, poorly marked trails, rugged terrain, no cell reception, which are easily found just half an hour out of the city. And those require huge adjustments on what you bring and how you act. Hi, it's Marianne. The Rideau Lake Cycle Tour is coming up June 8th and 9th. And if you're interested in getting outside for the ride from Ottawa to Kingston and back, use the promo code OUTSIDE2024 to get $20 off any two-day ride at ottawabicycleclub.ca. That's promo code OUTSIDE2024. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson. If you're a new hiker, something I, that keeps coming up on this podcast is talking about accessibility for people, being more welcoming, especially to people who don't look like white women like, like you and I. 
people who just want to try something outdoorsy, like where do people start and how can we be more welcoming to others on the trail? That's a great question. I think I would love for people to start in like group hikes. It just brings that social aspect, but it also gives that social security. And there are a lot of like free group hikes. I'm actually working on an article on that right now because we have meetups and then we have group hikes and there's a difference between the two. A meetup is you're more responsible for yourself. A group hike that's organized, then the organizer has more responsibility and you have to know how to, like you have to manage your expectations with both. But as a new hiker, I would say engaging with the outdoor community that we have and catching on or latching on, sorry, to group hikes to start off with is a great way to get your feet wet and get more comfortable on the trails. And it really just takes what we could do like as an outdoor community. If I find inviting one person out at a time is a great way to elicit a butterfly effect of promoting comfort and accessibility to nature. So I'd much rather invite my friend or someone that I met online or someone that I met at the coffee shop for a hike and I show them the trail and then we talk about hiking safety and then they're comfortable with that one trail and then they bring another friend and then that friend brings another friend. And I've seen that happen. And I think that's a more organic way of of learning and getting comfortable safely. Do you... Actually, I know you have a daily routine and must-haves when it comes to getting outside. But what are some of those things that you have to do daily to make sure that you get that nature time to make sure that you feel grounded enough for the day? Yeah, I am outside every day. And usually through all the seasons, I go outside barefoot. That's just me. Sounds a little woo-ish, I know. (laughs) We like woo here. We like woo. Yeah, I like all the, the stars and sparkles. But I can say that one thing to make it easier to wander and and just randomly go on hikes is that I keep all my hiking gear in my car. So I always have my pack ready to go by the garage door and I always keep extra kit in in the boot of the car. That said, please no one break into my car because you'd get a lot of kit. (laughs) (laughs) But I do find that makes the difference, right? Like I could just be going for a coffee or I could be going for a country drive. And if I already have my hiking gear in the car, then that'll facilitate those those random hikes. You know what one of my favorite things to do is, and whether it's, you know, just going for a nice little hike in the morning, whether it's in Gatineau Park or it's packing for a big trip. You just said you went to France, right? There's something about getting your gear out. There's something about getting your backpack out and your poles and like your little plastic bags and reusable bags of things. And, you know, some, maybe there's some dirt left over. Maybe there's some like patches on your bag and you're like, whoa, I've like climbed or I've hiked or I've walked so many miles with these things, right? With these things. And, like, it's like ritualistic about it. Do you find that? Yeah. And I have like my own little gear area in the basement, but I find it just having, always having a day pack ready for day hikes. To me, that's like the best way to make sure you have everything in your bag. So you're the safest, right? Every time you come home from a hike, you empty everything and then you pack it for the next hike right away. And there's, I don't know, it just, it feels more real and I'm ready to go at any time. I love that. Is there anything other than the 10 essentials? Is there anything luxurious that you like to bring? Luxurious? No, but I will say added maybe for like Ontario and Quebec areas would be (laughs) 
one bear spray. So anytime you venture into like Renfrew County and Frontenac and Lenox and Addington, it's more rugged area. That said, there's also bears within the Ottawa region and uh, Udaway as well. So I like having bear spray on me and knowing how to use it. That's an added one. And the other one is a bug shirt. As cool as you look in those things, there's nothing cool about wearing a netted bug shirt. You end up looking ridiculous. However, for May, June, early July, they're absolutely necessary if you want to somewhat enjoy your hike in Ontario. My favorite time of year to hike is the fall. And it's funny because like we've, we've talked about going hiking in the summer before. You're like, I hate hiking in the summer. Am I allowed to out, am I allowed to out you about that? <laughs> am I allowed to say that? Totally. I just said it the other day. I find like everyone gets, you know, you get the spring air. So you're more motivated and the sun comes out. And everyone announces on social media, they're like, hiking season is here. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is Ontario. It is flood, then mud, then bug, then it's hiking season. Good to hike around November 2nd. <laughs> it's like the perfect time to hike. My favorite hiking season is the winter. <laughs> and people think that's ridiculous. And I'm like, well, look, when you get up to those Vista views, they're all clear because the trees have no leaves on them. You get better views. You sunsets and sunrises and there's no bugs. I mean, I'll still hike in June, not so much, usually wearing bug gear, but really my personal hiking season ramps up in September and it's September to March that I'll hike the most. As much as you love the journey and of course, taking pictures of moss and mushrooms, you also like the epic stuff too. You know, you went to France. Tell me about your trip. It was fantastic. It was to meet up with a whole bunch of outdoor, wonderful outdoor people that we all met on Instagram. So that was fantastic. Cool. Yeah, very cool. I often say like Instagram's the speed dating for friends, right? You find like-minded people and you just connect. It's the ski vacation and I did not ski once. I hiked the entire time, <laughs> which just means that I stayed on brand really and uh, enjoyed that. Good train. I don't know. It was just a, nice to get away. Where will you be exploring next and any, any dream locations that you want to hike? You know what I want to do is finish hiking all the trails in Ontario. It's going to take you your entire life. Yeah, probably. So as it stands now, like the, the hiking trails, that book that I have, it has 196 trails in it. And I think next year I'll be ready to add like another 30 trails. So, and that's only within two hours of Ottawa. So I don't know. I think I've done maybe 100 and change in the book. So why don't, why don't I just finish the book? (laughs) You mean like all of Ontario, like the entire North, like the whole shebang? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Not saying I will. I'm just saying, why wouldn't you pick a new trail every time? If there are so many trails, why aren't you picking a new trail every time? Absolutely. And something international, what would you pick? Where would you want to go? I would love to go to the Faroe Islands. I would love to over the Azores and Patagonia. And I'd love to return to Norway, which is pretty much the only country I'd leave Canada for. I would like you to brag about your website. It's girlgonegood.com, correct? It is. Tell me what people can find on there for resources. Because again, like it's, it's trails, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, there's, uh, it's definitely a resource heavy website. <laughs> So on the wilderness section, you will find an abundance of articles. So the safe solo hiking, seasonal considerations specific to Ontario and region, hiking tips for your kids, 
There's a trail finder map that you could search by filter for the trail reports. There's learn land section, which I think is good because I find that's something that we're missing here. We Not everybody understands like what is a watershed and how are things divided between the conservation areas in Ontario? Or what's the difference between a municipality and a county and a town and a city? How, how are we divided in this area? There's so many hiking resources. <laughs> and oh, and I do like the seasonal ones, right? Like, so I have the guides to waterfalls in the area and spring, summer, winter, fall, and those specific considerations and trail recommendations for those seasons. And I will say that any question that you have for Vicky is like, you'll find it on the website. Like maybe don't message her first, like just go to the website first, look around. This woman probably gets like a thousand messages a day. <laughs> you can message. And if it's on the website, I'll send you the link back and say hello at the same time. <laughs> also the nicest person in the <laughs> I just want everyone to get along and be outside. What's wrong with that? No, I think it's beautiful. And thank you for spreading your love and sense of community and joining people together. It's a beautiful thing. Vicky, Girl Gone Good, head to girlgonegood.com. And thank you so much for joining me on Let's Take This Outside. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.